0: to John chapter 1 tonight. John chapter 1. Man, what a wonderful, wonderful Sunday night crowd here and uh, just uh, so thankful to be at Mount Victory Baptist Church. And uh, again, I love my home church there at at Gilgrove Baptist Church in Chesterfield, but uh, this is the second place I love. And I love... uh, my sister and I growing up were very, very close. We had no choice. I think we were 18, 19 months, somewhere in there apart, 20 months maybe. But uh but but we we miss her. We miss her. I still miss her. And I still bit her a little bit, Brian. <laughs> I'll get over it. Um but no, I still miss her and, and uh and and so uh so thankful for the family that God has given me and uh just just so and, and you all are blessed uh, by by Miss Becca Boots. I know y'all know that, and Pastor Boots, and and man, uh, and I know you know they are, they they love this place, and they love you all, and they talk about uh, you all often, and uh, and just so so glad that uh, we can be a part of that, and uh, and and again, just constantly are checking in, and uh, what they've done here, what God's allowed them to do here, uh, is is amazing in itself, and uh, and I just just so thankful to be here, and I, uh, I count it uh, a privilege to be here, I really do, and, uh, and Mount Victory Baptist Church is, is in our hearts, we pray for you every Sunday morning, I go through a list of churches that I'll pray for, and uh, you all are right before my church, and, uh, and i pray for, uh, for, uh, for, uh, for, of course, Pastor Boots and Beckon and for the people here, and uh, just, uh, just so thankful to, uh, to be able to speak uh, tonight, and uh, Brian, I always get nervous. Um, now you know it's funny i, I don't it's, it's nervous is kind of uh, I, I, not that i wouldn't get nervous but but seri- in all seriousness the nervousness you get is that you, you don't want to disappoint the Holy Spirit you don't want to disappoint Jesus Christ and, uh, and that's the nervousness you get any time that you stand behind this pulpit and uh just just really really uh consider it an honor and uh I think the second string's doing pretty well. I don't know what y'all what y'all think, but uh, Brian, I was enjoying singing with you and uh, and and Josh up there doing the uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 oh, man I can't even talk now. The bulletin and uh, and he was anyway. We I got to Josh, Josh and and Brian sat behind me for a year in choir, and I learned everything from them, and uh, they did. I, it's funny. I still. I'll still st- uh, sing songs, and Casey sits beside me. I'm like, I can hear Steve in my ear. <laughs> so I, I know every note to this song because Steve was in my ear for five years and uh, and so anyway, but man I, I, I we've gotten some pictures from them. I'm so glad that, that they've gotten to take this trip and uh, And it is true. you know my sister's out of the country, and you, you, something's just not quite right for me and, uh, and, and but I'm just so glad that they're there. We get texts from them about every day and um, and and just uh, so so glad that they're there in, uh, in Israel and then coming home, of course. And we'll pray for safety for them to come home. And I know y'all will be glad to see them back here. I will be glad to see them back as well. And uh, again, just so so thankful for what God is doing in their life and, and Mount Victory uh, as well. John chapter one tonight, and uh, and just some hopefully some challenges uh, to. Um, Uh, to you all as well as to myself and typically that's where I preach I preach to me and uh, and uh, John chapter 1 here we'll we'll talk about some things uh, tonight Uh, the title of the message and and it's a title hopefully for our lives is it must be about Christ it must be about Christ as we look here in John chapter 1 it's very interesting I've spent I feel like I've spent almost a month in John 1, if not more, just studying this year in the, in the Gospel of John. And, and, and you have John the Baptist kind of, uh, he's figuring out who the Christ is and who the Messiah is. He doesn't know who he is until he gets to the baptism uh, there when he baptizes Christ. And then he, it's revealed to him that that's who, uh, who, is, uh, who is Christ, who the Messiah is, who the Lamb of God that he talks about is and 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 he goes through that now. We're going in, in verse 35, we get to 35, 36, and 37, and we'll work down through there. Uh, he's getting to a place where those disciples of his are now becoming disciples of Christ, and 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 the training that John the Baptist has given them, and, and all that they've uh that they've done and been through with him. And now we see those same disciples uh, moving on with Jesus Christ. That's some of the background there in chapter, John chapter 1. Uh, we'll read verse 36 and 37, have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into the message tonight. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Lord God, we, we don't want to come here tonight And waste anybody's time. Lord God, we don't want to come here. If the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of Jesus Christ isn't here, there's no need for us to be here. God, I pray that tonight, Lord God, that you would use this message to touch someone's heart, someone's life. And God, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Lord, but we understand it's all about Christ. It's all about Christ. Lord God, there is nothing good I do outside of Christ. And so, Lord, I pray tonight you would be with the message. May it be a help and encouragement. Uh, Lord, God, may it motivate us. And, God, may we, uh, Lord, just understand at the end of the day that, Lord, anything and everything that we do is all about Jesus Christ. God, give us a a good uh, sermon time. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. So in John chapter 1, as we read that, we, uh, we, we read John talking about behold the Lamb of God and we see John and Andrew who are the two disciples that, uh, that are mentioned here, that, that hear uh, Jesus speak in verse 37. A couple of things tonight, three points tonight to challenge myself and challenge Mount Victory Baptist Church to continue to grow in all the things that you are doing. Number one tonight, directing... People to Christ. Directing people to Christ. As we see here in John chapter 1 and verse 35, uh, John says, Behold, John, 30, John one thirty-six says, Behold the Lamb of God. He's directing those two disciples of his to Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, tonight I'm so thankful for those that directed me to salvation and my parents as well to salvation. I'm so thankful tonight for Billy Graham and Billy Graham's ministries in 1966 that directed my mom and dad to Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for for the, uh, again, being directed myself uh, to Jesus Christ. Uh, Potentially, I'm sure there are some at Mount Victory Baptist Church in this ministry that have been pointed to Christ. They've been pointed to Christ. They've gotten saved and have been pointed to Christ by somebody, by by Pastor Boots, by one of you all, uh, as you go out. They've been pointed to Jesus Christ. You are here tonight because someone directed you to Christ. Someone directed you to Jesus Christ. Someone pointed you to Jesus Christ. You heard what He did for you on the cross, and how He took your sin, and how He rose again, and how He conquered death and hell. And you're here tonight because someone directed you to Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for myself in 1982 that I was directed by my parents to Jesus Christ. So thankful for that. In 1982, I love that part of the song, my chains fell off, my heart was free. As Jesus Christ came in and saved me, you say, you know, you you were at a young age. I had already done plenty of sin. I can promise you that. Plenty of sin at that age. But man, I'm so, I don't know about you, as as Christ, and I was directed to Christ, I remember going to the neighbor up the street and, and talking to him about Jesus Christ and witnessing to him, because I was so excited about being saved, even at that young age. Being directed to Christ, I'm so thankful for that. He did it all for me, and all I had to do was choose him. That was it. He did it all for me. Are you excited tonight about being saved? Are you excited tonight about being saved? And I think about it. So oftentimes, if we're not careful, we lose that joy of our salvation. And we're not excited anymore about salvation. I got saved in 1982. And praise the Lord, there have been times I haven't been as excited as I need to be. But praise the Lord, in 2023, I'm excited about my salvation. I'm excited that someone directed me to Jesus Christ. And I thank Him so much for all that He's done. I'm not going to hell tonight. I have eternal life tonight. Not because of my good works, but because of what Christ did and what Christ did for me. And if we're not careful, we get away from those things that He's done for me. He saved me in spite of me and because of His mercy and grace, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. I think of Ephesians 2.9 nine. Uh, not of works lest any man should boast. I didn't do anything. I know know where my goodness would get me. I know exactly where it would get me straight to hell. That's where my goodness would take me. Praise the Lord for his mercy and his grace. I was directed to Christ. I heard Christ and followed him. And many of you all have the same testimony. You have the same testimony of being directed to Christ. And I'll say this tonight. That's the work God has given Mount Victory Baptist Church. That's the work that God has given all of us, all of us who are saved, but Mount Victory Baptist Church to go out and direct others to Jesus Christ. And I believe in in the, is it six years, is that right? And y'all had the anniversary. In the six years, I believe y'all have done that. And I believe y'all have been a, 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 a model for other places to look at as you've directed people to Jesus Christ. But we cannot lose that vision. We cannot lose a vision of directing those To Jesus Christ. Mount Victory Baptist Church, if you want to continue to grow, if you want to change this short pump area for Christ, then you have to direct people to Him. You have to direct people and souls to Jesus Christ. Turn to Isaiah 61 and verse 1. Very famous, or pretty famous verse. Isaiah 61, verse 1. Uh, My understanding is I was reading something here recently that Billy Sunday would actually put his messages on this portion of Scripture and pray over them before he preached. And obviously he he, he reached a lot of people for Jesus Christ. Who do we direct to Christ? Isaiah 61 says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Doesn't sound like he sent, he, you, that you're to go out necessarily to all those that look good all the time. All those that are, that are uh, living a decent life and are upper class or middle class. And, and, and I worked in 22 years in finance. And I worked mostly with, with middle class, upper middle class, and upper class. And, uh, and that's who I was used to. And I can tell you, God has taken me through a crash course of understanding what we're on this earth to do, to reach others for Christ. And I can tell you, many of them haven't lived the life that I have. Many of them have had problems and have had struggles and heartaches and, and, and different things that have come in life, things I don't even understand, I can't relate to. But praise the Lord, I can relate to Jesus Christ. And I can tell them about Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful, as, as Christ gives us here this direction to go to the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Another part of, part of scripture here of who do we direct? Turn to Luke 51, 5, sorry, 5, 31 and 32. Very familiar passage of scripture, Luke 5, 31 and 32. Who are we directed to bring to Christ? And Jesus answering said to them, They that are holding, not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's who we are to direct tonight. Again, when I first came into full-time ministry, I was a bit naive of those that I would come in contact with uh, in in places where I would witness to them or somebody would, would, uh, would desire for me to go and talk to them about Christ. And you find yourself in in different situations that maybe you uh, aren't used to. and uh, But I, I can tell you that, that and I, uh, Pastor John Mark is reading this this morning, Matthew, it says there's a better chance for publicans and harlots to come into the kingdom of heaven than those that maybe look nice, those that are dressed nice, those that are, are, uh, are, are, are again, are with society and are, with, are, are in that class, and, and you would think, hey, these are normal folks. God came to all of them, came to all Mankind. He died for all mankind. He loves all mankind and desires they get saved. I had a, a situation when I get all the hard cases now. They give me all the, the good ones that come by. Somebody came by church the other day, needed some gas. And uh, and I, I kind of like it, though, because I get to go down to the gas station. And what they don't know is a sermon is coming. It's coming. And and they came, and we talked, and I said, yeah, just, and he's like... This guy's been a few times. He knows where the gas station is. He's like, yeah, I'm headed down there. I'll meet you there. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I think I've seen you before. But we went down there, and I took him a Bible, and I brought him a Bible. And it's the funniest thing. I got out of the car with my Bible, and before I could even start anything, he's like, well, at least I'm not knocking old ladies down and stealing money from them. At least I'm asking somebody, and at least I'm not doing this and doing that. And he was telling me all this stuff, and I'm just standing with the Bible. So I finally, I went to him, and, and I, I, I handed him the Bible. I said, you have a Bible? And he's like, no. I said, I said let me ask you this. He was an older gentleman, and I mentioned his name. I said, are you living a life that's pleasing to God? And he looked at me, he went, I'm not. And I told him, I said, neither do I a lot of times. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly. And that, that, that moment, the Holy Spirit came in and, and allowed, again, he, had, he gave me a testimony of getting saved 10 years ago, But as we talked, I was able to, with the Holy Spirit's help, direct him back. Hey, you need a church. You need somebody to love you. You need somebody to care about you. You need somebody. You you need to get back to Jesus Christ. And, And direct. I directed him through the Holy Spirit back to Christ. Nothing I did. Completely the Holy Spirit. But that is what we are to do. That is what we are to do. Is to direct others to Christ so so important and, and again to continue the growth in this church uh, again I had a guy I actually had a guy yesterday I went and uh, and, and was able to uh, to witness to him and he didn't want to hear a whole lot about witnessing either but he did tell me this he said I, we talked and I said I said you know uh, he, he said something about good well I said man I said my good works can't get me anywhere they can't get me anywhere and he said well, I'm sure you've lived a whole lot better life than I have and I said, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The thief on the cross, you think about it, what good work did he do? He did nothing good. He made a great decision. Made a great decision. And this man I talked to yesterday was probably six to eight months to live and doesn't want to necessarily hear about it, but it is important no matter what for us to direct others to Christ. No matter their background, no matter what they've gone through, uh, no matter what... Uh, you may think, and I, I, as I get in those situations, and some of you have been there, you think it's a hopeless case. And you know what? If it's in my strength, it is a hopeless case. But if it's in the power of the Holy Spirit, there's a chance. There's a chance. So it's our job to direct them to Jesus Christ. Mount Victory Baptist Church, we must show mercy, for He is merciful. We must show grace, because He's gracious. He's gracious. We must love them. We must show them kindness. We must not compromise our beliefs. But we must direct all of them so they come in contact and have a chance to make a decision for Christ. Second Peter 3, 9 Jesus is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Number one tonight, direct them to Christ. Number two, this one hit me hard today so I was going through the notes, working through it this week. Number two, Deciding to follow Christ, directing others to Christ, deciding to follow Christ. Verse thirty-seven, John. Back in John chapter one, it says this. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. I love as you read the Apostle John. I love the the, the physical attributes he continually. Gives out. Verse 38, then Jesus turned. I I love the way he he describes all the things, uh, uh, the physical attributes, the walking, the standing, the turning. And saw them following, and saith unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about... The tenth hour. It's interesting to note that once John and Andrew were directed to Christ, they heard him and they followed him. They took the next step of surrender. They desired to know Jesus more. And and as you know in life, as you love someone, you get to know somebody, you get to love them more, and you get to, again, all the different things as you you kind of spend more time uh, with them. One, you do start to love them more. But then also, if you want to get to know them more, then you'll you'll love them. And and it's so important for us to to get alone and get close to Jesus Christ. Someone you love, you want to get to know better. You know, I I think it's interesting. Jesus loves his creation. He loves his creation. You think of, of the voice of God in Genesis walking in the cool of the day looking for Adam and Eve. And you look here at John and Andrew and they say, where, where, do, you, where, where do you live? And he says, why don't you come and see? Why don't you come and see? Why don't you follow me? He never turns anyone away. He always wants to communicate with his creation. Here he tells John and Andrew, come and see. Join me for fellowship. Spend some time with me. But I have this question tonight. Could it be church and myself that we've lost some of the joy of our salvation, some of the directing others to Christ because we've gotten too busy to talk to Jesus? Have we gotten too busy in our lives to talk to Jesus to say, hey, this is Jesus here, but I want to follow him. I want to spend time with my Savior. Let me ask you tonight, when is the last time you increased your quiet and alone time with Jesus Christ? When is the last time you increased your quiet and alone time With Jesus. Be honest with yourself. When's the last time you got up 30 minutes earlier to pray for a family situation? To pray for a wife who's struggling? To pray for a kid who's having a hard time or maybe sick? When's the last time you did that? When's the last time that you spent a little more time in Bible study? And I'm afraid that we lose the directing others to Christ and the joy of our salvation because we're not spending enough time with Jesus Christ. Dare I even say fasting in today's society. Does anybody even talk about that anymore? Fasting. And the, and the accomplishments that can be done through a fast, through a, through a situation you have in your life that you're struggling with. And fasting. And times alone with Jesus Christ. John and Andrew said, not only have I been directed, but I am fully surrendering and choosing time with Jesus over everything else. Obviously, there's work to be done. We know that. You work a job, and there's family to balance and, and do different things, and you've got service to God. But isn't it interesting, many, many times when we go to balance our life and to reprioritize things, what do we cut out? Spiritual things. We cut the spiritual things out. Well, you know, actually, I'm okay. I'll, I'll cut back my prayer ten minutes do this. I'll cut back my Bible reading. If we're not careful, we get away from Jesus Christ and we lose that desire to direct others to Christ, that joy of our salvation. I'm convinced in these last days that Christians are so full of sports, social media, news, TV, phone that the cup of our soul is full. The cup is full. We don't have room for anything else. How, how in the world can you have the power of the Holy Spirit God upon your life when your cup is full of all this junk? And I'm speaking to myself, speaking to myself as well. How can we get the power of God when all of those things are in our life? Proverbs says, the full soul loatheth the honeycomb. Can't take it in. Can't take in the honeycomb because of all the things that we have in there. It can't take in the best because it's filled with the junk. The cup of your soul can't take anything else in. The only way to get that power of God poured into your life is to clean out that cup of your soul. It's to clean out the cup of your soul. Empty it of those things of the world. You know, in some cases, there are things that aren't bad, but they're out of balance. Emptying those things in our life and filling back up with the things Which matter, if I'm going to be passionate about directing others to my Savior, it might be important to spend time with them. It might be important to get on our knees a little bit more, to read our Bible a little bit more, to not worry about what's going on in the world a little bit less. Not worry about that. But worry about those things that God has for us. More time getting serious about our personal, private walk with Jesus Christ. And let me tell you tonight, the benefits of a closer walk with God. The benefits of a closer walk with God. Man, I've got problems in my marriage. I need more. I, I need a better marriage. I need a better family. The benefits of drawing closer to God. They're innumerable, immeasurable. The benefits of spending that extra 30 minutes in prayer. Of getting up a little earlier to read God's word. The benefits, you won't regret it. The satisfaction, the peace that comes from getting closer to Almighty God. And you know what happens to John and Andrew after being with Jesus, verse 41 and 42? He first found his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Where have they been? They've been spending time with Jesus. That's where they've been. And now they want to go out and tell others about Jesus Christ. And he brought him Jesus, Andrew, to Simon. So important for Mount Victory Baptist to continue to grow Some individuals in this church must surrender to have a stronger, personal, private life with God. They must surrender that. It must be that as Mount Victory Baptist Church meets that maybe it's your prayer life that's determining who gets saved in this service. Maybe it's your Bible reading that's determining who you're reaching in this community. Very, very, very important to make sure and decide to follow Jesus Christ in our life, directing others to Christ, deciding to follow Christ, thirdly, desiring to be Christ-like. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, but Christ liveth in me, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I don't live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself. For me desiring to be Christ like Christ is in us if we're saved desiring to be Christ like for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus of two good works that God had before ordained for us to walk in them Ephesians 2 10 God created us for good works one of my favorite verses Acts 10 verse 38 Peter's preaching how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good that's my Savior that's my Christ He goes about doing good in my life all the time. Went about doing good. If we are directing others to Christ and deciding to follow Christ, the natural process of being filled with the Spirit will create a desire to be Christ-like. He lives in us, as these verses point out. Notice John chapter 3 and verse 2. The same came to Jesus by night. The same came to Jesus. Nicodemus heard about this God-man and came to him. You know what? God will send Mount Victory exactly who he wants to be here. And many, many times, you know why? Because they will hear about the preaching, the music, the people, the members, and the members are Christ-like, and the, and the preaching is Christ-like, and the music is Christ-like, and they'll come. Because they hear about Jesus Christ and the Christ-like spirit that is here at Mount Victory Baptist Church. But it has to be, it must be for his glory. It has to be. I love the desire of Mount Victory and your ministries and the heart of your pastor and his wife to be Christ-like in this community. I was talking to Pastor Boots here recently, he's working on something else. And trying to be Christ-like in in the community here so that when people hear Mount Victory Baptist Church, they know that this is a place where the members are treated well and where the community is treated well and that Mount Victory Baptist Church answers to Christ first and foremost in all that they do. Desiring to be Christ-like. Does it make a difference to be Christ-like to the members and to the community? can give you a couple examples. As Pastor... uh, as. Pastor Brian, I like that. (laughs) Anybody else like that? Uh, As uh, as Brian was mentioning, my dad was pastor for 45 years uh, in in Chesterfield and and led many to Christ and and was able to influence a lot of people. And and just recently, in the last couple of months, uh, we had a guy come to our church, and I saw him in the back. I shook his hand, and then he headed out pretty quickly, and I, I called him before he got in his truck, right when he got in his truck. And I said, hey, I didn't get your name, and he told me his name, and, and he had gotten saved in our church in the late 1970s. And, and I shook his hand, hey, I'm Jason Brothers, and he said, are you one of John's sons? I said, yes, sir, you ever, never know what that's going to mean. Are you one of John's sons? And I said, yes, sir. He said, he was a fine man. He was a fine man. And, and, and not much long after that, a couple weeks later, I, we were out knocking on doors uh, not far from our church, and... Uh, I saw the no trespassing sign too late, and I'm getting out of the truck, and this big guy comes out of the garage. I'm like, oh, man, this isn't going to be good. I think I need to get back in the truck. Got back, and, and he said, he said, can I help you? I said, oh, yes, sir. Said, By that time, I can't get back in the truck. Yes, sir, from Gilgrove Baptist Church, and, and just inviting people out here in this neighborhood. And he said, uh, he said, he said and I told him, I said, I said, yeah, I'm Jason Brothers. He's like, you one of John's sons? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, man, I'm so sorry to hear about his passing. And he had a, some reminiscing in his eyes. I went to, he said, I went there in the late 90s. or I'm sorry, the early 90s. I went there in the early 90s. And uh, we got to talk. And I said, uh, said what did you like about my dad? He said, I loved your dad's preaching. He said, I loved it. And, and I thought about that in, in being Christ-like. That's all Christ. We're not honoring a person here. Now, that's not the point. The point is, is that we have Christ in us. And we can make a difference in our community and and among uh, uh, those that we we work with by being Christ-like. By being Christ-like in our lives. So, so important to be Christ-like. We must desire to be Christ-like. You know, I had a uh, a situation come up here recently and, and... and I didn't know it was going to be the illustration for tonight, uh, to the closing illustration. But it does go along with directing others to Christ. It goes along with deciding to follow Christ and also desiring to be Christ-like. And I'll give you the shortened version of it and we'll close. Early December, we had a a man called the church and needed help. And and I was able to, I've been working more on that part of the ministry and and I took the call and, and talked to him uh, and said, hey, you know, we need you to come by church. If you come to church, we'll help you out. Just need you to come to church. My understanding that, that he came that Sunday, I missed him. And my understanding is the nursery didn't miss him because I think his kid tore up the nursery, among other things. But he came by and, and that, that next Tuesday, he called again and said, hey, I'm looking for some help. And I said, well, I said, well, I didn't see you at church. He said, I was there. I said, man, well, okay, well, I'll get you some help then. And we we try to help people out. And, and it went along. We were able to give uh, also we had some extra food. We were able to give them. And, and about December 20, about December 12th, December 12th, uh, we went by there. It was trailer number 10. Trailer number 10. And we went by there and dropped off some food. And, and the Holy Spirit had, and I've tried to do this here at give me an idea hey, go give him a Bible. Go give him a Bible. And I didn't know much about, uh, about the guy at the time. And so I took a Bible. I put yellow sticky notes through the Roman's road, And I said, hey, look, we got there. And I went with the deacon. And I got there. And I said, uh, I said, you know anything about Christmas, about Jesus Christ? And he's like, I don't really know anything about that. I said, OK. I said, well, I've got you a Bible here. I said, Let me, I just want you to read this Bible. And he said, OK, I'll read the Bible. And he was very appreciative, very nice guy. And, and, and that was December 12th, December 22nd. I man, I felt, I was like, man, I haven't called him. I gave him a Bible. I can't just leave a guy hanging. So I called him up on December 22nd. I said, hey, I said, hey, just checking in. And, uh, and, and he actually told me something that was very poignant. And I was like, I, I said, oh, really? You've been reading your Bible? And, and he, said, he said, yeah, I have been reading my Bible. He said, I realized this. I said, well, that's pretty interesting. And, and come to find out, by about that time, I found out that he was in his late 30s. And he had already done 10 years in the penitentiary for some things that he wished he hadn't done. And we got to talking, and that was December 22nd. I talked to him every week, and he, every week he said, I'm still reading my Bible, I'm still reading my Bible. We got to January 20th, and, and I, I told a man in my church, oh, me of little faith, I said, I told a man that's been in our bus ministry for 40-some years, has led plenty of souls to Christ. I said, you're going to have to go with me. We're going to have to go over there together because I need some help. And uh, and, and he said, man, I'd be glad to do that. And that was January 20th. We had a, a conflict of schedule, and I didn't think I was going to be able to make it. On, we, we were planning to go January 24th. Didn't think I was going to be able to make it, but it worked out. Man, the Holy Spirit was working on me. The devil was working as well. And January 24th, I told... The man that I went with, I said, hey, uh, I said, 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock. We can't go at 3.30. I better go. He said, I can go at 1 o'clock. Called the, uh, called the gentleman up. We went over there, went over to trailer number 10. And i tell you, it was uh, an interesting time. We were going back and forth, and, and he was trying to figure out, and he, he desired to be saved, but, man, he just was struggling to get there. And we talked back and forth, and a couple of times, the veteran I was with looked at me like, your turn. I said, okay, my turn. So I go in and, and finally, the, the guy I went with said, you know what? I think that you think that your good works will get you into heaven. He said, you can never do enough good to get into heaven. And the guy would tell us, hey, I'm not doing drugs. I'm not doing alcohol. You know, funny thing you know what else he said? He said, I've stopped using Facebook a whole lot more than I used to. I said, man, that's the three sins right there. Drugs, alcohol, and Facebook. It makes sense to me. And that's exactly what he told us. And we're sitting there looking at each other, and we 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 finally said, okay. And, and so we we told him that, and we we uh and, and man, he was so close, and he was on the scripture, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I know I'm a sinner, for the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're working through all of those things. And man, we just kind of hit a roadblock. His roommate was in the back, and I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit or what. But I I I do his name and say, hey, I said, I said, come here, come out here. So he was laying down. He did not want to be part of anything. But here he comes up there. And I said, I said, Do you know where you would go if you died tonight? And he said, Well, I know Jesus died on the cross for me. I said, Well, that's good. I said, You've been listening, right? (laughs) And he was, but he was a super nice guy. And we talked. And it was it was the most amazing thing. He talked and and the, the veteran was standing here and he said, you know, he said, I'm not ready to get saved yet. He's sitting, standing right here. It's January 24th. The other guy was sitting down right here. He gets up. He says, I want to get saved. And we looked at each other. And and I'm like, he wants to get saved. So we stood up there, held hands. I led him in the sinner's prayer. And praise the Lord, he got saved. Praise the Lord, he got saved. And we we finished with the prayer. and, And as we finished with the prayer, we said, you mean it from your heart? He said, yes, I mean it from my heart. And we got done with that, and and we got in the truck, and we kind of looked at each other. And we're like, we we think we did some good today. We think we did. We don't know. I mean, we know the Holy Spirit did it all. Don't get me wrong. Jesus Christ did it. But we think he used us today. We think he used us today, January 25th, 530 at night for a Wednesday night service just almost a month ago. I called him up. I said, hey. I said, are you still saved? He said, I'm still saved. I said, you still going to heaven? He said, I'm still going to heaven. And he said, he said, in fact, he said, look, I'm still working on my roommate. I'm still working on my roommate. And, and to understand, again, this guy spent a lot of time in jail, and he's, he's, he he'd struggled in his life and, and all of those things. And to tell me, hey, still working on my roommate. Man, I felt so good about that. And I told the veteran when I got to church that night, I said, hey. I said, man, I said, I feel like we, you know, I feel like he, 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 he got, I know he got saved. He got saved, and man, so excited about that. January 26th, he dropped dead. January 26th. He went from trailer number 10 up to heaven, up to a house and a mansion on Hallelujah Boulevard. Praise the Lord. And I'll tell you, it spoke to me, and, and, and I found this out Friday night. I told Jessica, I found it out Friday night. I was looking through because we had lost track of them. I was, man, I talk with them every week. And to know this, Mount Victory Baptist Church and myself, we must direct others to Christ. Because you don't know when that last day is. You don't know. We must decide to follow Christ. It's worth it. The 30 minutes of prayer time, Bible reading, is worth it. It is worth it. And we must desire to be Christ-like. God must be real in our lives. Let's bow for prayer. God, I so thank you for all that you've done. God, as we come to this invitation time, Lord God, may you be real in our lives. I know as I got the news Friday, it shook me up pretty bad. But Lord, praise the Lord, he's saved. And in heaven, doing a whole lot better than we are and Lord we look forward to the day where we go as well and we'll get to see him but most importantly we'll get to see Jesus Christ who was good enough and and so wonderful and so holy and righteous that two days before this man was to pass away gave him a chance to get saved that ought to motivate us Lord God to get out there, and those that we know that are not saved, to get back out there. Don't give up. Don't give up hope, but to direct them to Christ. And, Lord, that's going to come when we decide to follow Christ on a day-to-day basis. And then, Lord, we desire to be Christ-like. God, I so thank you for the opportunity. This is a great place. These are great people. God, I pray that you bless them. Give us a great invitation time. In Christ's name I pray.